Welcome to Woman in Progress, the podcast for smart, successful, high-achieving women who are ready to choose themselves, stop following the shoulds, and have the audacity to create the perfectly imperfect lives they crave. I'm your host, Samantha Ushado, corporate leader by day, health mindset coach, and group fitness instructor by nights and weekends. I created this space for the seekers, the messy action takers, the women who are courageous enough to lean into discomfort in the name of growth and are willing to live life on purpose. So if you're ready to work on yourself for yourself, be an example of what's possible and meet other incredible women on the same journey, you're in the right place. Consider this your official invitation. Let's get to work. Hello, sweet friends. Happy Wednesday, or whatever day it is when you're tuning in. How goes it? I just got back from a coffee date with a friend of mine. You remember coffee dates? It feels like it's been forever and a day since I had a coffee date. So good. It's the little things, my friends. The person I met with today is actually a newer friend, and he's totally rad. Just a good human, you know? He's the kind of person that I would describe as when you first meet him, he asks you the deep, juicy questions. No fluff, no superficial stuff. I love that. We need more people like that in the world. People who want to have conversations that matter and where you don't feel like you have to filter yourself or keep the mask on. Do you have people like that in your life? I hope you do. Honestly, it's so much fun. Our conversation today actually prompted me to record this podcast. I had something else totally different scheduled to go out today, but I felt this needed to come out instead. In the spirit of being a woman in progress, it's a bit raw and unfiltered, but I hope it resonates. So here it goes. We have this tendency as humans to want to only put out the best parts of ourselves for the world to see, our highlight reels, a curated selection of us and our lives displaying our best angles and moments for others to consume and interpret. We spend so much precious time and energy managing perception and creating these carefully edited versions of ourselves to show the world. There is a constant barrage of social expectations that teach us that being imperfect is essentially synonymous with being inadequate. And while social media is probably the most common vehicle for showcasing this, if you think back to our primitive days, it's a behavior we've adapted to ensure we stay safe and in the pack. Now that we aren't living in tribes and relying on each other for daily survival, we have evolved, yes, but only so far as to ensure other humans only see what we want them to see so that we can be accepted. And really, if I'm being honest, one of the main motivations for me starting this podcast came from a sort of frustration with some of my mentors and people that I follow on social media. While I admire their work and learn a ton from them, one of the things that is often missing for me, at least, is their expression of their full humanity. I grow weary of hearing about and seeing only the pretty parts or the quote-unquote failures from superficial and dizzying heights of public achievement. I want to see the rough parts, the imperfect parts, the scenes from the cutting room floor, all of it. Now, don't get me wrong, I very much believe that it's important to share from your wounds, not scars, in order to really be in service to others, but I also think there's something so empowering and deeply healing about hearing someone share something they're going through that you may never have dared to utter out loud, and knowing in that moment that you're not the only one. That moment where you can truly exhale and think, I thought it was just me. And you're reminded that you aren't alone in your journey of becoming. And that's what I want to create with the Woman in Progress podcast, a safe space where you can feel empowered by the simple fact that you are not alone in this brutal and beautiful journey called life, 
and that when we own rather than hide away our stories, our challenges, our failures, our setbacks, we can be more connected to others and be grateful for the wins, successes, opportunities, and learnings along the way. I love thinking about life as being both brutal and beautiful. Brutal, as Glennon Doyle calls it. Life's brutal and beautiful are woven together so tightly that they can't be separated. If you reject the brutal, you reject the beautiful. You need to embrace both. That's the 50-50 of life. The idea that 50% of the time this human experience is meant to be full of joy or at least pleasant and peaceful. And the other 50% of the time, we have the contrast of those emotions. Things are hard, painful, chaotic, dull. But if we don't have the contrast, we wouldn't be experiencing a full and healthy life. We do ourselves such a disservice when we think we're supposed to be happy all the time. We feel guilty and we judge ourselves for experiencing negative emotions and are so quick to think positive and look on the bright side and completely dismiss what is true for us. And while the goal of what I do, life coaching, is about helping people manage their minds so that they can have authority over their thoughts, feelings, and actions, the goal is not to feel positive all the time, but to feel the range of human emotions on purpose. And that's why I like to think that life is 50-50. The human experience is 50% positive emotions and 50% negative emotions. I am not meant to be happy all the time, and neither are you. The fullness of life is in the contrast. As a woman in progress, working towards my potential and being the best version of myself, I expect I'm going to face and overcome lots of obstacles between where I am now and where I want to be, and that I'll be spending an inordinate amount of time wading through the river of misery. And the reason why it's worth going through all that negative emotion is that feeling at the end, that pride, accomplishment, and joy that only comes from doing hard things and coming out the other side. I just saw something on Instagram with David Goggins and you know he said don't stop when you're tired stop when it's done right and I think that that so beautifully captures this sentiment. Now, in saying all this, I definitely fall into this trap of shooting all over myself when feeling negative emotion. As a coach who has done a lot of work to build awareness of what's going on in my mind and how to manage my thoughts, feelings and actions through courses, certification and working with coaches, I still get down on myself for feeling negatively. I often think I should be happier than I am, that other people are doing it better. I see this all the time with my clients. It's women, perhaps like you, who are university educated, making six figures, living in small but well-furnished condos, if you live in Toronto, who work out a few times a week in cute athleisure, who feel unhappy, unfulfilled, and guilty because they aren't happier and should be grateful. And as they scroll through Instagram and see their favorite influencer posting get ready with me stories and weekend photo dumps, they can't help but feeling they're doing it wrong. And it's painful. Now, intellectually, we know what we're observing is a snippet of someone's day, their highlight reel that tells us nothing in the grand scheme of things about what that person is truly experiencing. But intuitively, emotionally, it's a different story and it's painful. We have an epidemic of people resisting and avoiding negative emotion. And there's a simple equation that I learned a few years ago at a self-compassion workshop that expresses this perfectly. Pain times resistance equals suffering. I'm going to say that again. Pain times resistance equals sufferings. So what this equation says to me is not that you shouldn't feel pain But it's that when you add that layer of judgment, that layer of resistance on top of it, it just compounds the pain and creates suffering. 
We spend so much time trying to be happy without actually being happy and expending tremendous amounts of energy and effort resisting anything that feels like a negative vibration in our body. We pretend it's not there, we push it away, we numb out, or we just altogether avoid it. It's as if we believe there's some magical combination of financial success, body fat percentage, relationship status, insert your criteria of choice that we can attain that will somehow make us exempt of feeling negative emotions and just usher us into some mystical land where we get to feel good 100% of the time. (laughs) But here's the truth. We're always just trading one 50-50 experience for another. I'll give you an example from my own life. When I was at my lowest body weight and had a very regular fitness routine, including teaching multiple classes a week, my relationship suffered because I had no time to spend with friends or family who weren't in the fitness industry. I have friends who are in strong and fulfilling relationships who are struggling to conceive and others who aren't on the same page as their partner about whether or not they want to have kids. I have clients who are absolutely crushing it at work and being promoted regularly, who are burnt out, disengaged, dread Mondays, and dream daily of quitting to start their own business. Everyone experiences the 50-50 in life, not all at once or from one minute to the next. Sometimes it comes in seasons. Sometimes the 50-50 balance happens over a year or over the span of a month or a decade. You know that when it rains, it pours with comfort and discomfort alike. And that's what's meant to be our experience. And the reason I know that is because if we look around the world, we see that as the experience that humans are having all around us. As a woman of color, the last two years have brought into focus for me the harsh injustices experienced by black and brown folks over and over and over again, but also the beauty of black joy, black love, and black girl magic. It's not either or, it's both and. That right there is what I feel is missing so much of the time from the landscape of our lives in terms of what we see, we consume, and what we put out there into the world for others to interpret. And I include myself in that as well. As a coach, leader, instructor, when I teach you, I teach you from a place of here's where I've been, here's what I learned, here's what I want to offer or recommend as you embark on a similar path. And it comes from a place of understanding what it's like to have been where you are now that I'm no longer there. Sometimes I'm much further up the path and other times I'm only a few steps ahead of you. My intention is to provide insight, guidance, and lessons learned to help you move through just a little bit faster with a little more ease and a little bit less obstacles. But I think it's equally important for you to see the struggle and the fight that it took for me to get there, the hard parts, the rough parts. One of my biggest blocks that I had in launching this podcast was that I never wanted to come off preachy or as if I knew it all or knew better than you. I didn't want you to think I had arrived at some magical place where I no longer experience this brutal and beautiful human existence. I do. Trust me. (laughs) So I wanted to use this episode to open up my inner world today in a couple of ways and share with you some personal and kind of vulnerable realness from my life. But before I do that, I want to first address what I often see come up with my clients and sometimes myself as well when we are expressing any discomfort we're feeling, which is toxic positivity. Extensive research has been done on the subject of toxic positivity, which is defined as maintaining that one should have a positive mindset and exude only positive emotions at all times, particularly when things are difficult. This approach is damaging because It really discounts and discredits emotions that are not positive by rejecting, denying, and displacing any acknowledgement of stress, negativity, or trauma. And then when you mix in guilt, like so many of us do when we're talking about feeling human emotions, we feel we must add a, 
but I know I have so much to be grateful for. I know I shouldn't complain. It could be so much worse. I should be grateful for what I have. Notice all the shoulds. Now, don't get me wrong. Gratitude is amazing. It induces positive emotions and impacts our overall health and well-being, but only when used correctly. I am an advocate for practicing gratitude and gratitude in general, but never as a replacement for processing emotions that are deemed as less acceptable or less positive. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm using air quotes. But we have to pay attention to how we feel when we think it. For some people, looking at what they are grateful for when they are suffering feels better because they are focusing on better and actively attempting to build a stronger sense of self. It's when we try to force gratitude because it's socially acceptable or because we are trying to avoid the uncomfortable feelings that actually need processing and appreciation where it becomes problematic. And I think there's a time and place for it. Absolutely. But if you were in the midst of discomfort of suffering and you think I should be grateful and you feel worse, that's when we know it's actually not helpful. We're not actually feeling gratitude. What we're feeling is just massive amounts of shame. We need to extricate ourselves from this unhealthy, toxic, positivity, gratitude, shame loop. We have to accept that we have a lot to be grateful for, and we also suffer. One does not negate the other. They can both coexist. As I said earlier, it's both and. I have a beautiful life, and I'm struggling right now. That's what's real. We suffer. Everyone does. And it's not useful to minimize it or compare it to others. You are allowed, even though you don't live in the worst of circumstances, to struggle and to be unhappy sometimes and to feel the full spectrum of human emotions. So here's some realness from my world right now. I'm really struggling to reestablish my strength training regimen. I have not consistently completed more than one week of strength training in a row since November 2019. Now, for those of you who are new here, you may not realize why this is significant. So I'm going to tell you why. Prior to November 2019, I strength trained five to six days a week consistently for over three years. I would wake up before my alarm at 4.30 a.m. and be at my local Good Life gym by 5 a.m. I would spend 75 to 90 minutes in the gym, including warm-up and cool-down, regardless of what was going on in my life, how much sleep I got, whether or not I drank the night before, if I had a big meeting that morning, it literally didn't matter. I was a person who worked out at 5 a.m. most mornings, period full stop. It was habitual. It became a reflex, like brushing my teeth. I couldn't not do it. It got to the point where I remember my boss at work would tell me he knew when I didn't get in my morning workout. That's how significantly it impacted my state of mind and how I showed up in the world. Now in November, 2019, I moved from Toronto to Montreal to take on a new job. And not only was I moving provinces, but I was also going from a sales role, which was the only career I'd ever had and ever known for 10 years, where I also had a ton of flexibility and the ability to set the pace of my hours and when I worked, to a head office role where I worked at nine to five and went from meeting to meeting to meeting all day and was largely always sitting. Also, I don't speak French, so I was moving to a new city where I didn't speak the primary language and didn't have a network of friends to help me integrate into my new surroundings. Needless to say, it was a lot of change all at once, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I experienced a lot of grief and sadness when I made the decision to give up my life, my comfort, my stability in Toronto. And while research shows that major life events that completely throw our usual lifestyle and routine out the window can provide a window opportunity to shift bad habits and make long-term changes, 
In my case, I experienced the flip side of this phenomenon and lost a well-entrenched habit that has now become far harder to regain than I ever thought possible. And then, of course, the pandemic hit a few months later, and we all have our own experiences of trying to hold on to some semblance of normalcy. But what I find interesting is that although it's been over two years, I'm acutely aware of how tightly I'm holding on to pre-November 2019 me. I still identify as her, even though in many ways I am not her. I was lamenting this to my coach the other day about how frustrated and exasperated I am with myself for not being able to figure this out, that despite knowing the exact thoughts I'm thinking every time I choose not to go to the gym, even though I plan to, and know I'll feel better once I'm done, that I'm still not doing it. And while I know better and don't recommend clients to look to their past for evidence of what is possible in their future, the fact that I was a consistent gym goer for years shows me I'm very capable of doing that again. And yet, here we are. And do you know what she said to me? (laughs) Well, obviously, it's not really important to you. The audacity. But honestly, she was right. When you hold two opposing beliefs in your mind, you always know which one is more important by the results you're creating. I both want to go to the gym and don't want to go. And the results I'm creating clearly indicate I'm more heavily favored to not going than going. Sometimes the truth hurts my friends. So my homework after that session was to make a list of all the reasons why I want to go to the gym and a second list of all the reasons why I'm not going to the gym. That was it. That was the homework. Make a list and shine a light on what is really going on. You want to know what I discovered? Under the list titled reasons why I'm not going to the gym, but five lines down, I wrote, it's not going to make a difference. The moment I finished writing that sentence, I felt a tightening in my chest and a burning behind my eyes. And I don't know if you can hear the change in my voice, but I'm feeling it again right now. Where did that thought come from and why was it eliciting such a powerful physical response in my body? I don't have the answer right now, my friends, but this is part of my work as a woman in progress to figure out because the pain of holding on to a past version of myself while also constantly battling my current version has become intolerable and I owe it to myself to stand firmly in the direction of the woman I most want to be in this world. I want to identify as someone who shows up for themselves, especially in times of high stress, significant change, and tons of unknown, who prioritizes their mental and physical health, is disciplined and committing to doing hard things, even if the only person she lets down is herself. Perhaps this resonates with you. Maybe the last two years shook things up for you and you're still trying to recalibrate. Or maybe you're entering a season of change and you're wading through the river of misery and have no idea which way is up. I can tell you this much. Keep moving forward. Have grace with yourself. Seek support. You don't have to go it alone. We all go through these seasons to varying degrees. Nothing has gone wrong. I'm not giving up and neither should you. Years from now, I will look back on this time in my life with the knowledge that it was always meant to happen this way. Nothing good ever came easy, and so we persist. We fall. We get back up. We try again tomorrow. With the hope that each time we stand tall, we build a little more strength, a little more resilience, with the knowledge that we have our own back every step of the way. And maybe, just maybe, the next time you lock eyes with someone at the gym, you pause for a moment and you give them a small nod, because you never know the mental mountain they might have climbed just to show up. Be kind to yourselves, my friends. You're doing the best you can. See you next week. 
Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Woman in Progress podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? Don't worry, the conversation doesn't stop here. Follow me at Samantha Ushado on Instagram and be sure to let me know what part of the episode resonated with you most. I love hearing from you. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Until next time, here's to being a woman in progress.